0: What's up everybody? Ugh. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up I don't know what I'm doing, okay? Let me let me get my coffee. How's everyone doing today? It's Thursday. Um Let me think here. Cause I'm kinda all over the rap all over the map. Today is the 15th. Tomorrow is the 16th that's today for you. God, is it confusing to you guys? I don't think it is. Um, let me put this away for a sec. Um, first thing I want to say, I appreciate all of you want to say, thank you so much for anyone who has commented, watched, liked, uh, ranked the special, anyone who shared it, anyone who shares this podcast. I appreciate all you guys means the world to me. Um, God, it's so funny. I I said this story. Where the heck was it? Anyway, um, I'm still, you know what I did? I bought coffee at the airport in Portland. I like to buy bags of coffee at the grocery store, right? Because we're trying to save money. We're trying to be like, you know, every time you go to the coffee shop, you spend five bucks on coffee. I love my coffee shop, okay? I love it. Alana's, Mar Vista. Go there, check them out. Um, I love them, but five bucks every time, and usually if I go in there, I'm like, should I get some tiny donuts, yeah, Jay, you should, should I get a ham and cheese croissant, yeah, Jay, you should, sometimes I get all three, and I usually get like a latte instead of just getting black coffee, which is better for me, even though I should probably get off the coffee, it's more about the ritual, you guys, anyway, you buy, so five dollars, right, so if I get a coffee every every day for a week, just coffee, that's 25 bucks, At the grocery store, I can get a bag of coffee, grind it, turn it into a pour-over, which gives me two and a half cups, maybe three cups, and that lasts me like three weeks. And that's a $12 bag. Do you guys see the math? 75 minus 12? Do the math. $63 I save. $63. And now let's average that out over three weeks, right? So that's three quarters. That's what, like 46 bucks a month you're saving. That's like $500 a year. I don't know. I, if someone said, do you want $500? bucks?" i would be like, fuck yeah, I want 500 bucks." And I probably did that math wrong. It's probably around 1200 You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, I was in Portland for New Year's. Fucking love that town. And there was like Stumptown in the, you know, Stumptown's like the Portland coffee. Or like the first one for them. And... um, Everyone in LA, there's tons of like coffee shops that have Stumptown. I'm sure that wherever you live, there are too. And I'm leaving, and they're like I'm checking out, and they have this like Stumptown. I like a florally coffee. I didn't know anything about coffee until me and Nick Youssef, who's currently on tour with Rory Scovel, and I can't remember the other dude's name right now because I'm just off it, but they're touring, following around the country, following Tool. So go check out Rory Scovel and Nick Youssef. They are traveling and they're touring and i love them both they're both great guys and from what i hear their third guy who i can't remember right now is also hilarious so go check them out on tour you can just go check out their um you can check out their uh you know instagrams or whatever for where they're going to be anyway nick Youssef and i were in portland and we went to get coffee and he's a huge coffee head and he was like what kind of coffee do you like i'm like i don't know And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, do you like floral? Do you like bitter? And I was like, oh, I didn't even know there were different kinds. And I realized I like a florally coffee, a little hint of like a cherry or something like that. (laughs) Oh, what? Am I fucking dropping cherry on you? Yeah. Anyway, so there was this one up there in Stumptown, limited edition fucking Egyptian. And it was like floral, cherry, citrus, 15 bucks. So I got it. I go to a coffee shop the other day. I have like a rotation of three I will go to. Alana's is my number one Love Coffee on Ocean Park in Santa Monica is my two Because near my kids school And then there's the Coffee Commissary over on Motor In West LA, that's like my number three And then I go to Minotti Sometimes, Jesus, think about how much I'm spending On coffee, a year And uh, so I went into Love And I told them I was getting a cup I'm like, yeah, I just bought this coffee But I don't have a grinder They're like, oh, bring it in, we'll grind it And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, we'll grind it And I was like, yeah, well, it's I didn't buy it from here They're like, that's okay so I'm like, all right. So today I go in, right? Here I go with my coffee. I go, hey man, uh, I came in the other day. You guys said you'd grind my coffee, so I, you know, just brought it in. I think I was not from here, but you guys said it was no big deal. And the guy was like, and I clearly talked to someone else, and I clearly didn't remember who they were. And he was like, oh, um, all right. And like, he seemed like a little annoyed. And then, then, so it was a, my coffee was three seventy five for a black coffee. I gave him a five. He gave me a $1. twenty-five. I go, well, hey, here's my grind fee. And I put it in the tip jar. And he just was like, whatevs. And then he was really nice when I left. <sighs> I don't know why I told you guys that story. A um, lot of things. A lot of things to discuss today. A lot of things. Tomorrow, I'm heading home to Massachusetts, which is today for you guys. Uh, because my best friend from growing up his dad passed away, and he was, you know, I never, like, I've been gone from home for so long, I, I moved from my home 20 years ago, it'll be 20, it was 20 years, holy shit, in two days, wow, January 17th, two 2000 is when I moved, I moved, I, I left Boston, I left Massachusetts, and I went to San Diego for two weeks, live with my buddy Alex, ate pop brownies for the first time. I don't when was your first time eating pop brownies? First time I ate pop brownies, I did what everyone does. I ate the pop brownie. Everyone's fucked up around me. Everybody. And and this was like this was like they were the first my buddy Alex, he met this girl. So Alex and I we had a really interesting relationship together. Alex and I both flunked out of college. We both started a painting company. I started one and the next year. he was like, I'm going to do it, too. So we both were driving vans. We both had painting vans. But all of our friends were in college, and we were both flunked out. So we were living in our town, total townies, and we just hung out together all the time. You know what I mean? Like, there were times where he would just, like, pick me up in his van. We would go get 40s and weed, drive to a basketball court, shoot hoops, and then sit in the van, listen to Led Zeppelin, drink 40s, smoke weed, right? And it was his was carpeted. I got like a real work van. I got a Ford F150 extended cab. This thing was a beast. And when I got it, it had all the it had paint racks in it, you know? It was a painting van. And I needed it for my painting company. Cuz the first year I ran the company, I used my mom's car. Is that right? Or was it the second? I can't remember which. I think that was the second. I don't whatever. Um, so I bought this this van, right, and it had all these shelves on it with all this extra paint, like paint in it, and I wanted to clean this thing out. I'm like, oh, I can't fucking wait. Let me tell you something. That is like a dream for me. That is a dream, taking a van and turning it, in, organizing it. This is This is my fantasy. T- give me a van. Let me clean it out and organize it and turn it into a mobile workstation. That is a fantasy for me. You got it? I'm cleaning it out had all these shelves. Now, across the street was Mr. Murphy. Mr. Murphy, I'm sure I've talked about him. He was like a grandfather figure to me. This episode's going to be about father figures <laughs> and grandfather figures. And he was like a grandfather to me. He he looked after us. I remember like our back steps in our house rotted out. Mr. Murphy rebuilt them. Uh something would break in our house, Mr. Murphy would fix it. He built the whole second floor to his house. He He worked for, in my town, General Foods was in my town. Was it General Foods? And they made Jell-O, right? So you'd be at soccer practice and you could smell Jell-O in the air. Like, that's where he worked. He worked at General Foods. And he was all about, you think I'm old school? You think I'm nostalgic? That's who Mr. Murphy was. You got it? This guy, he would... Nothing got thrown out in his house. He, would, he he was across the street from us. We were at the top of a hill, right? And he had, this is how cool this fucking dude was. His tree over his driveway, he rigged a fluorescent light so he could work in there. And it looked like a workstation at night. But it was like, it was like organic, if you will. You know what I mean? It was hanging from a tree. Then he had his garage. Here was the driveway. So here was the garage. I'm the garage. Driveway. Little tiny fence. And on the top of the fence with these black, like tops on the posts you would unscrew one post and there was a button in there and that's what opened the fucking garage it was the dopest and then he had his garage carpeted with pictures of all old cars everywhere because he had he loved cars he and he took care of he knew how to fix them he took care of them every dollar this guy made he wouldn't put money in the bank he's like son son that's what he would call me son I got $150,000 cash on the wall. You know why? I don't trust a fucking bank. You know what's under my pillow? A gun. That's who he was. And his, he used to like, he. I remember like he lived with his wife and his son and he would always like, when they he would take his wife out for dinner like once a week and he had, always had like a pickup truck, had like this old Chevy, like a green Chevy that was like in beautiful condition. And then one year, he bought a Chrysler New Yorker and it was red on red. Chrysler New Yorker, red on fucking red. Beautiful. I don't know if you remember this car, but the f- on the hood, the little like f- emblem thing was crystal. It was like a crystal for Chrysler, dude. And the seats in the Chrysler New Yorker were like the most comfortable seats I've ever sat in in a car. They weren't stiff. You sunk. They were leather and soft. They were insane. And I remember, like, he would... So he would park a car in the garage. I'll tell you about that car in a minute. In the car, there was a garage. In the driveway, there was a car. Then around the side... He was on the corner. This was a little tiny street. Literally uh, one house on that street. Then the side yards of his house and the house behind him. And he had, like, a little garage he built where he would keep a car. And then on our side of the street, there was, like... Here was our driveway. There was a little spot like here in front of the other house. He would leave a car there. Anyway, he would take he'd take his wife out to dinner, and they'd take out the New Yorker, and like you'd always see him with the New Yorker. And he loved coming over to us, son. Son, what are you doing, son? Always, always, what are you doing, son? He loved us. He had one kid, and he just loved kids. He would tell me like, son. When you go across the street, you come up to where I am. You come up to the top of the hill. I remember one time a dog ran across, got hit by a car. I held it in my arms, son. It died in my arms, son. And like that's what he—he he was very intense. He would tell me all the time, like he'd come across. This is a typical outfit for Mister Murphy: cut-off jeans that used to be jeans. He's not going to throw out socks, dress socks that probably have holes in them, but, so he can't wear them for like, you know. uh, like out to dinners but he wears them now old loafers white v-neck just like this uss arkansas hat and then on his hip he'd have like a a police collar like a little uh, and that's carl so like he could know what was happening in the town and you'd be talking to him like son son and that thing go off and he'd be like and then he'd come right back to you son let me tell you something that was mr murphy always looking out for my mom always looking out for us and he would get so excited. When you tell him stuff, Like he'd be like, we get annoyed at Mr. Murphy. And now I'm like, oh, God, I would love to have Mr. Murphy cross the street. But he'd come over and he'd like, tell you something. He'd like, what are you doing, son? I'm like, oh, yeah, we got our uh, you know, playoffs today in the baseball. He's like, oh, that's a great time. That's great. And he'd like, grab it. He was just so, he was awesome. He was so fucking awesome. And uh, I remember when he passed away, we went to the funeral or the wake, and there was no one at the wake. Nobody. It was us, my neighbors next door, my boy Tommy Scappa, who I love to death, and it was just like us telling stories about Mr. Murphy and his son and, you know, I don't know. Anyway, in the garage, he had a 1965 Ford Galaxy convertible. White on red. Pearl white. Pearl fucking white. Do you understand the coats of paint they used to do back in the day? 65 Ford was like they do like 6 or 7 coats. You know, it was thick. Now you get a little ding, it's chipped, then you would chip down to other layers of paint. Red leather interior. Fucking big bench seat in the front, big in the back. It was a long car. At least that's how I envisioned it. And I remember one time, one time I was playing a little league game at Rec Park, Rec Park guy. We going down to Rec Park guy at Rec Park which was like on the other side of town for me, I got done with the game. My mom's not there. No one's there to pick me up. I was playing in majors, but we never played at that park. We always played Palmworth. I don't know why we were at that park. And uh, and like everyone's going, I remember everyone was like going to their parents, you know, like everyone's going to their parents, like, hey, great job, blah, 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 you know, and I'm just like, I remember being like a little lost because my mom was there for a lot of stuff or it was set up ahead of time that I was going to like, my coaches would drive me home, Barry Corbett and Dan Margarita, Dan Margarita was a comedian, ironically, I've never really put the two of that together, like, I'm like, I wonder how much I was influenced by him, but they would always drive me home, and this one day, it was like, I'm sitting there, everyone's finding their parents, and I look over, and leaning up against the fence, in like, cut off jeans, white t-shirt, and that whatever hat, Mr. Murphy, with a a fucking shit eating grin on his face just staring over at me and i'm just like oh like i don't remember it being set up that mr murphy was picking me up it was just like he was looking at me like hey i'm here to pick you up and i was kind of like oh what the fuck mr what is mr murphy doing here and then like right behind him i saw the ford galaxy the convertible top down i mean everybody looked at this goddamn car it was beautiful He would drive it in, like, the Memorial Day parade and shit. And uh, I don't remember any conversation. I just remember getting in that car and driving home with Mr. Murphy and being like... Again, I I was an emotional kid because every single moment of my life always went back to the fact that my dad wasn't around. And here's this man who's now, like, driving me home who... I, like, always looked up to. He had this house. He had cool cars. He Like, when I did Boy Scouts and had the Pinewood Derby, he helped me do my car. Like, anyway, when I... <laughs> you know where I'm about to bring you back to? The vans from painting. So when I got that van, right? My dream, cleaning out. I'm cleaning out the the the, 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 the van with all this paint. And I first got it. 1979 Ford O'Connell Line extended cab. I take the cans and I'm putting them all up at the tree at the end of our driveway there's a big oak tree there and I put a sign I painted a sign on a piece of wood that said free paint and Mr. Murphy came across the street and he's like son <laughs> what are you doing son what are you doing and I go, I'm putting out this paint he goes for what and I go you know free paint for anybody who wants the paint I gotta get rid of it and he's like <laughs> "Son, no one's gonna take this paint No one's gonna take this paint son what are you doing what are you talking about I'm like I don't know man I gotta clean this thing out You know, I got to go to work, dude. Now, I'm in college or college age. So, at the time, I'm probably like 20. Oh, no, wait. Yeah. No, 19. I'm 19. I'm flunked out of college. Everyone is in college. I'm fucking slinging a paint job, trying to get a... I was 20, trying to get a business off the ground. And I got Mr. Murphy chirping in my ear about the paint. I don't give a fuck about the paint, Murph. I got to get out there, man. I got to book some gigs. I got to land some accounts. That's what I was doing. I'm like, dude, I got to get off the ground, man. I'm out of college, bro. I got to make a living. To be honest with you, all I cared about was buying a Jeep. I'm like, I just need to raise enough money, earn enough money to buy a Jeep. I come back that day every can except for two were gone and across the street mr murphy it found a gray like um oil-based la- uh sealant and was painting the foundation of his house and he's like "Son, look at this, son. <laughs> look at this son. and i was like yeah look at that man so i had my van this is the demise of this is what i love about the van i took an old chair we had this like old like Wingbacky chair Not high wingback But just to like this level Super cozy But like one of the arms Was broken off That was in the basement Of my house And I just put it in the I had the two front seats In the van And then I had that In the back So like When we would drive to jobs I would take my crew There'd be three of us One would be sitting in there And then I had all my paint I fucking It was the best dude And my ladders on the roof It was the shit I took that van With my friends That were working for me We all were Having a blast Paint houses. Anyway, when I tried to get back into college, I drove in that van, and they told me, "You're not getting back in." I was like, "Why not?" They're like, "Cause you got a C of D and an incomplete at this other college. We're not taking you back." And I remember like being so pissed driving home. I felt like such a failure. And I'm driving down the highway, and I see this like cor- this guy in a Corvette next to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, dude!" And I fucking gun it, thinking I'm gonna beat a Corvette in a '79 Ford line, and I blew the engine. And I remember like pulling off into like a gas station and just opening up the sliding door and sitting in that blue chair. And it was like a, one of those perfect like end of summer days. It's like a cool breeze was happening. I had a bag of Doritos and I just sat there eating a bag of Doritos in this van. I had, wasn't getting back into college. Everyone was going to go back to college. I had this fucking, I just blew the van. I just lost the van. This is my job. And I just sat there being like, what can you do? You know what I mean? Fuck it. Anyway, Alex and I, where the fuck did I get to this? Oh, Alex and I would drive around in his van. And like, I remember, so he decided, he's like, hey man, do you want to like do rock climbing with me? And, uh... I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I think I'm going to try rock climbing. This is rock climbing gym in the town over from us. 50 bucks. You get a lesson. You get a lesson and then all day pass. And then you get a pass to come back another day for 50 bucks to see if you like it. And I was like, all right, I'll go do that. And we did it. And he loved it. And I was like, "Nah, whatever. It's a lifestyle. I don't know if I'm a rock climbing lifestyle guy, but rock climbing is a lifestyle. Just like surfing is a lifestyle. He became like a surfer as well rock climber surfing like i'm the guy that wants to have a van that slides open with a chair in it where i can write while you're surfing you know what i mean you surf i'll be up here i got a coffee pot in my van i'm writing that's the guy i am i'm taking pictures maybe that's who i want to be like i have a fantasy of getting an old bread truck and gutting it and then putting in like fold down bunks and a desk and a coffee maker and a fridge and like my son and his friends all surf and we get up at five in the morning and I pick everybody up and everybody crashes on cots and I drive them out to Malibu and then they surf for an hour before school. They come back. I have a shower built off the back. They shower, get dressed and then they all sit and do their homework on the way and I drop them to school and I drink coffee while they surf. That's a dream of mine. Will that ever happen? It's probably not going to happen, but it's a cool dream. Um, and I remember like driving around with Alex and he was like, he was going to move. So he started rock climbing and going to this gym. And then he met this girl. He's like, yo, I want you to meet this girl. And I was like, all right. So I meet her. And I'm like, yeah, she's awesome. He's like, yeah, I'm moving to, I'm moving to California with her. And I was like, you are? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, dope. Fucking rad, man. And I knew, I had started getting in my head that I was going to move to LA and try and make it in this business. You know, I didn't know I was going to be a comedian. I just knew that I was going to do that. So I'm sitting there. I meet her, she's awesome. They're rock climbing together all the time. <clears throat> and I remember like his dad was a total fucking Vietnam dude, smoked a ton of weed, worked at the post office, super chill guy, different than any like anyone my in my world, you know what I mean? I loved his dad. His dad was awesome. I loved his mom too. And I remember like I remember going to his house to smoke a joint with him and his dad like 2 days before he left. And his dad's rolling a joint. He's like, how much money you got? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, what do you care, man? You got your girl. That's what his dad said. He's like, what do you care, man? You got your girl. And his dad was like, that's all you need. Like, in his head, his dad was like, that's all you need. And I remember sitting there that day being like, holy shit, what is this? Like, what is this? How is that all you need? What, how do they know? What do they know? You know? And we smoked this joint with his dad. I remember, like, that before they were leaving, he and I would drive around all the time, listen to Led Zeppelin, like going to California with an aching in my heart. We were just like the idea of like going to California was such like this, 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 this like uh I don't know if it's an American dream, but it's so Americana of like I don't want to get too fucking literaturally here, but like there's a there's a Thoreau. I I got this book on Thoreau. There was this one book I took out of the library on Thoreau that like you couldn't get anywhere, so I just was like, I'll just pay the fine and keep the book and it, it talked about like how man when he goes for walks, he's naturally drawn west. I don't know if it's true, but that was the idea of like, you know, that was like people came to the East Coast when they came to our country and then they moved west, like making that venture west. It became this thing. And uh <clears throat> anyway, Alex moved west with this girl. They rock climbed across the country. They were moving to San Diego. They got married in Las Vegas He called me from Vegas He's like yo man It's like the middle of the night I'm like asleep I'm like what's up dude And he's like You're my best man bro And I was like what He goes yeah we just got married They got married Right And I was like Way to go bro Like I'm like what is this You know And uh, they moved to San Diego together And they're still together And they have two amazing girls And uh, they have this they You know This amazing life Anyway This is where it all comes from January 17th 2000 I moved to to San Diego, and stayed with them for two weeks. And my boy Bart Parisi, Bart came out with me to LA. I remember he came with me for that two weeks, and he helped me like go up to LA, find a place, get settled in. And it's like I remember this like Bart and I had this connection because his dad. <sighs> I don't, I don't know what I'm allowed to share from his world So I'm just going to say his dad wasn't there And it was a little more dramatic than my dad So I remember like before I left For California There was this like this is pond in my town and they just put in like Where you could take canoes out in boats right You could take canoes out and stuff and we were like Hey should we go take a canoe out and just like Canoe around a little he's like yeah so we go out there And we're in the middle of this lake and I was like Hey man I'm thinking about reaching out to my dad I remember like saying this to him and I hadn't seen my dad now. So I was 20, 23. I hadn't seen my dad in 11 years or talked to him or anything. And he was like, Oh yeah. And his dad was dead. Just so you know. And, uh, he was like, uh, huh. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And he goes, there's not a day that goes by that. I don't wish I had my dad. And if I had any opportunity to connect with my dad, I would take it. And I remember, like, having this, like, really, like... No, understand something. We didn't have, like, phones to distract us. It was me and him on a boat, a canoe, in my town, talking about, like, I I guess I will always come back to this, like, constant, like, not struggle, but connection to, uh, like, brotherhood and fatherhood, not just through my own life, but through the people around me. That's where this is... We're going to get to the rest of it, but he was definitely, like, this person in my life that i was able to like communicate with because we both lost our dads in different ways and uh and we always connected over that so like the idea of like when i was moving to california and going out in that canoe and then him moving him going with me and then like he like i remember like we rented a car in san diego to go to la to start looking for a place he's like you got to find a place and i i didn't know any i had no idea how i was going to do this and and so he rented the car i remember him paying for it it was a nice car. I think it was like an Infiniti, and we like cruised up. I remember, like driving with the sunroof open, we were fucking stoked. And we went up there. We found a place. We looked at a bunch of places with my friend Chris, who I went to high school with. And then I went back to San Diego, and I I took the place. and And Bart left. And um. Anyway, tomorrow for you guys, this Friday will be twenty years that I left, and on. That same day will be the day that I'm at the funeral for my best friend from growing up it's dad so you know I, I remember like when I was in 2001 I think my grand my great aunt passed away and I couldn't go home. I didn't have any money I couldn't go home like I, I couldn't go home I just didn't have the money. I would, like, have to, like, lose my job. You know, I just couldn't go home. And now I'm at a point in my life where, like, a funeral like this pops up, and I'm like, I'm going home. There's no question I'm going to go home. And, like, I know some people are like, oh, uh, you know, I've talked to my buddy. He's like, you know, you don't have to come home. I'm like, I, I know. You know, I don't want to, like, put it on his head of, like, worrying about what, you know. Anyway, I'm going home. But I want to talk about this guy, uh, my buddy Dave's dad, Frank, because... I don't know, I'm sure even if my dad was around, I would have had this like bond with Dave and his family because he was my best friend. Uh, You know, I had two, I had a lot of really close friends, you know, Um, but every summer I would go away with Dave and his family to Hampton Beach, which if you've seen my This Is Not Happening, the Hampton Beach story, like Dave was every Hampton Beach experience I've ever had was with Dave. And uh, Then we would go away as a family Like once a year we went away to Lake Winnipesaukee My whole family And then as I got a little older My oldest sister was not coming with us So I got to bring Dave So Dave would always come away with our family And you know Dave was around for everything I spent more nights sleeping at that kid's house You know they, Dave had uh, a brother and two sisters I had a brother and two sisters And every Christmas if you remember a couple episodes back, I talked about a friend having a family tradition where they would open the gifts and then leave them open, like laid out on the. Th- that was Dave's house, and uh, his dad was a math teacher, and he was a chess te- chess coach, head of the chess team. And uh, I knew chess at a young age. Like my son's getting into chess now. Like he likes chess, and I love chess because it's strategy. It's It's mathematical in a way And it's like uh, I think those are the two things (laughs) But I always liked chess And I always liked that his dad taught chess And I can't like It was never like I was You know his dad had to work man That dude had to work This is what always baffles me about the economy And about like uh, You know Where I live And where people are living in different towns Like when I grew up everyone had a house Dave's dad was a school teacher And they had a house You know what I mean My buddy's dad worked at a the GE plant They had a house Everyone had a house Like everyone could afford a house It just seems like nowadays Like it's just so hard to like Do that And I know I live in like a very expensive town But I look at other towns And I'm like could I afford a house there I don't know Um. But yeah his dad His, uh, his dad battled heart uh, Heart failure Or heart condition for a long time now So anyway he, about two years He was battling this heart Heart issue um, And I don't know if I I probably mentioned it I bought a typewriter About a year ago now And I was like I'm going to start writing letters to people Well when I had heard that Dave's dad was sick This was like A year and a half ago I was like man I, I want to make sure I bef- Before it gets any worse That I write him a letter And just let him know how much he means to me Because When Growing up, when there was no man around You look for these people in your life To help you define And understand what a man can be Or you should be, or could be I don't know I, I, I don't. I I just know that I was consciously always Taking notes You know what I mean? Back in my head, I was taking notes My buddy Dave's dad My buddy Ry's dad My buddy Alex's dad um, Bart and I shared ideas of what dad's would do or should do or could do um my soccer coach Mr. Carino my other soccer coach Dean Serino they were they were ideas of and I remember my high school girlfriend used to babysit for my soccer coach so I would be over his house with her babysitting and I just loved like watching the dynamic like seeing a a a a, a husband and a wife together in a, in a in a situation my wife's parents I mean, my wife's, my high school girlfriend's parents, like watching them now, then later my wife's parents and just being like, oh, like when, how does this work? You know, like how do two people, you know? And, um, you know, Dave's dad was like a big part of it. That Like he was so solid in that house. You know what I mean? So solid. Let me tell you this. So I would go away on vacation with them and they would go to the ocean. Hampton Beach was on the ocean, okay? We would go away to a lake, I was not a big ocean guy. I didn't know much about it. So I would go on vacation with them and they would be like, make sure you put suntan lotion, sunblock on the tops of your feet. And I remember being like, what the fuck? What are they out of their goddamn mind? Now don't, don't forget, I always just kind of parented myself. I was like, yeah, now this is how I roll. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I would just be like, I, ha- I don't know what made me have an opinion on this shit. What made me in like eighth grade be like, these guys out of there. no one puts suntan lotion on their feet because I'm definitely not. No one is saying that. Parents would tell you that you'd be like, "Oh, all right." No, me, I was like, "Nah, I'm good." I I burnt the crisp out of the tops of my feet, smoked them. So you would rent these like little beach cottages, and we're sitting in this beach cottage, and it had like a linoleum floor. There was no living room; it was like kitchen, sitting area. Where you would, everyone would sit in these chairs And that's where you would eat And then a front porch where Dave and I and his brother slept And then there were bedrooms in the back Where his nana and papa would have a room His mom and dad had a room And then his sisters would share a room And they were all tiny little rooms with like super thin walls You were there to be at the beach, you know That's why you were there And I burnt my feet so bad That they got out like a basin And they filled it with ice water And they had me like soaking my feet in it You know what I mean But then it would get so goddamn cold that I had to put my feet up on the edge and then I tipped it. I told this story on before and I tipped it all over. This is the kind of thing like this guy was looking at me and seeing this guy. You know, I'm mean? like, who the fuck is Dave's buddy? Think about if you have kids, they're going to have friends at some point in eighth grade. They're going to come away with you or they're going to spend the night at your house. And you're going gonna, you're gonna, like, to laugh at them. You're going to get baffled by them. You're going to be impressed by them. You're going to be annoyed by them. Whatever it is, that's who I was to this guy and uh, I remember, like, the first time having Mexican food was at their house. Dave's dad was Portuguese. I think, no, maybe he was Italian. His mom was Portuguese. I think his mom was Portuguese. But his dad loved spicy food. He would get the salsa. He would, he would get, like, the hottest salsa, and he'd be sweating. Like, he always had, like, a, you know, he had that little horseshoe haircut. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you got the horseshoe haircut. No one's going in, like, can I get the horseshoe cut? nobody they're like i'm balding but you don't say that i've never said it like oh you got the horseshoe i guess i wonder if guys are like that i've always wanted that horseshoe cut nobody wants it unless you're a character actor and you won't work anyway you he would like sweat down his head these are the moments i remember about him so i just want to celebrate him a little with you guys i remember that i remember like i remember him getting an above ground pool he had four kids and i and and i know as an adult now with kids i'm like god i want a fucking pool you want to give your kids a pool who doesn't want to give their kids a pool I'm like we got a fucking pool man yeah could he afford an in-ground pool no could he afford an above ground pool not really dude this thing was janky okay it was above ground it, it was made of like redwood i think it only lasted like two years but i'll tell you what man those were two amazing summers in that goddamn pool and his dad and mom you know they made it happen but i remember just looking at him and like oh man this guy got them a pool you know and uh the other thing i remember i mean i can see his walk i can see everything i remember where he'd sit at the table i remember like how he'd always be like hey he always had this like like mr murphy this happiness like when he would talk to me like when i would talk to him and i again i don't know if it's just because of my situation and these men would see it and see something in me or if it was just this is the way i was lucky enough to be around these like positive people or if that's i mean i know i'm always positive around kids i'm always like hey what are you doing buddy then my kids friends and stuff like that but uh i remember like we would play soccer soccer in my town town soccer you know you have town soccer the year it started in my town i was 5 i was the first year of kids that went all the way through the system you know and they had these fields up at broadway up, way up on top of this hill in our town and there was like three fields and they had like a little little like hut where parents would sell coffee and donuts so they would go and get, like, a bunch of donuts and get coffee and then sell it. Mark up the price and sell it, and that would go back towards, you know, now we have it at my kids' little league and soccer. There are, like, these little, like, the snack shack, and you can go over there. But this was, like, so raw. I just imagine a dad, a couple dads got together and built that thing, you know. And I remember just one time going, I don't know who I was, I don't even know who I was standing with. All I can see is Dave's dad in the little hut, giant smile on his face. It was freezing cold. Because you would have games at like 7.30, 8 in the morning. You had to get up there. And in the middle of fall in Massachusetts, like there were days it was frost on the ground. You had long sleeves on any of your shorts. You're playing in shorts. It was cold. And I remember just sitting there and seeing Dave's dad like serving. And I remember just being like, why is Dave's dad up there? Why does he get to be the one or... I wasn't jealous I was like is he in charge here and now I look back I'm like oh was just volunteering every parent puts in their time and he had four kids and he was up there volunteering and I just (sighs) he's just a great dude he's a great dude and I'm really I'm really excited to go home and, and I feel lucky that I get to like I get to go home I'll be there for the wake I'll be there for the funeral and it just feels good to be able to uh Go be there for, for not just my friend Dave, but his family, for who was always there for me, and I guess like, you know, when we can take the time to support people, whether they're in a time of need or not, is like, uh, it's cool, and I think it's important, and uh, I'm I'm really stoked to be doing that. So, uh, that's my little trip down fatherhood and brotherhood lane, and now. me get to the things i wrote down guys you think i don't prepare i fucking prepare dude dude i prepare oh um some things coming up you know vermont i'm coming back i was supposed to be there in december it didn't happen so now april 2nd 3rd 4th 2nd 3rd 4th vermont comedy club in burlington go get tickets now if you live close, make a weekend of it, dude. You know how dope Vermont is, you know how dope Burlington is? Please come. Please come. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna do this right now. That Thursday night, the second, we're gonna do a through line party. Through line party after after the show in the club, just for through liners. Okay? So buy your tickets, email me at holiday bakery productions and show me your tickets and for that Thursday night we'll do an after party where we're just kicking it and we'll do full you know the show probably end at 10 say goodbye to people and then we'll go into that there's a little bar there and we'll just all sit around and chat and we'll chat and we can do whatever we want you know I don't know how many of you are out there <laughs> I have no idea I don't know but that Thursday night the second Unless you guys want to make it the Friday, I don't know. What do you want to do? There's probably gonna be two shows on that Friday, I would imagine. So you can't really. Thursday night's the night. Sound good? Everybody down for that? All right, cool. Go buy tickets. Um, So that's going on. Um, you know what I want to tell you guys? My son has got this. Like he's he's like, it's like. How old are you, dude? He's got. He's like an old. He's like Yoda. He's just got wisdom. So I took him to a rock climbing gym. This made me think of it, the, the rock climbing thing. And my son isn't like a daredevil. You know these kids that are like daredevils and they like fucking jump on a bike? He, he barely wants to do a bike. He, soccer, the ball has got to hit him off the body for him to even touch it. He's not going at it. He does not like having to compete with anyone. Baseball, he likes. He loves hitting because there's no competition. The ball's coming at him. He gets to hit it. He loves it. In the field, he gets in ready position. Every time, he's in ready position you think he's running to a ball no you know why there's four other dudes running the ball that's not his vibe so i took him to rock climbing gym like oh this would be good you know like get him to get up there because he gets a little afraid once he gets a certain height he moves boom 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 boom. gets this height stops and i'm always like keep going like let's go you know i don't be like what the fuck are you doing i'm just like come on but you want to keep going you're doing great and he, he's just always like nah, i'm all right so we were there we did an hour right and I would be like come on I go you want to keep going through? you're doing great He's like no and I'm like alright let's go over and do this one Thinking like hey let's go try that one Then we'll come back to this one maybe he'll go up a little further And we go back and I'm, I'm excited I got the helmet on I'm climbing too And he stops he's like gets his hands on the holds And he stops and he looks at me and goes Dad you wish you were a kid huh And I was like who is this kid So I hugged him and I bit his face And I was like you fucking know I do And this is how different my kids are my daughter, my son says to me while we're rock climbing, Dad, you wish you were a kid, huh? Because I get so excited. That's my son. My daughter is at Star Wars, and she grabs my my wife and goes, Mom. So Ray is like Lord Pal- Palpatine's granddaughter, and he's bad, and she's good. And she goes, Mom, if I was Lord Palpatine's granddaughter, I would hug him, and I would kiss him. And if he was still bad, then I would kill him. Okay? That's the difference. My son's like, You wish you were a kid, don't you? And I'm like, Yeah. And she's like, I'd fucking kill that guy. I'd kiss him first, but if he didn't want to, nah. Another thing I want to say to you guys, do me a favor right now, go to your Pandora or Spotify and just put in Jay Larson and just like let it play. It just helps. You are you guys cool to do that? Just go to Pandora or Spotify. I'm finding out that like it's such a huge part, and I think Pandora and Spotify are going to be a big part of this year for like what I'm trying to do as far as a, a, a little tour in the fall, and I'm going to shoot a special. So go F yourselves. I'm shooting a special. Um, so this woman, Debbie, wrote in to me. Deborah, do you hate Debbie? Oh, man. Debbie, what were your parents? Listen, if you're going to have kids someday... Leave Deborah alone, okay? Just leave it alone. No offense, Deb, but is there any way we can't, is there anything we can say to that word, that name to make it sound better? Deborah, Deb, Debbie, nothing. None of it. Not one good thing about it. There's not a thing there. Not a thing that sounds good. Anyway, she wrote me in, uh, wrote me in. She sent me an email saying her, how are you, Deb? (laughs) How you doing, Debs? Deb wrote me and said that she, her her aunt recently passed away who was 90. Her Ruth, Aunt Ruth, mine, Aunt Ruth lived to 100. No big deal. And you said that she had a sister that lived together and she died at 80. So anyway, her aunt passed and they were cleaning out her house. And she found a, a dress book from her other aunt that had a Mr. Garber name on it. At 42 Lincoln Street in Stoneham, Mass. That's where I'm from, and she said in the email that you know none, no one in the family remembered her ever going to Massachusetts. So anyway, I reached out to my mom and I was like, "Mom, do you know where Lincoln Street is?" She goes, "Yeah, of course I do." Lincoln Street. It's, she starts giving me the history of our town, like it's right over. They're calling it now the Heights, and I was like, "The Heights?" She's like, "Yes." Well, that's where the the elite lived, and I was like she's like you know where all the big houses are i'm like no i don't know any big houses in our town that aren't turned into like four families you know anyway i looked this address up (laughs) it ain't a mansion it's a little tiny house but deb what i'm thinking is what if your aunt had an affair with this mr garber (sighs) this is like something i've wanted to do for a while i want to take little things like this and dive into them like what if we go find out that she like Fucking love this guy And he he wanted to be with her But he had someone else You know Ever seen Bridges of Madison County P.S. I watched Bridges of Madison County When I was in like I think during that dropout phase Like when I was dropped out of college With my mom And if you remember the movie Basically um, What the hell's her name The most Maybe Some people the, Mm -hmm. The most amazing actress of all time What is her name Meryl Streep I said to my buddy I'm like yeah He's like Oh I can't stand Meryl Streep I'm like What are you talking about She's like The greatest actress Of all time Have you seen Deer Hunter Have you seen The Devil Will's Prada I mean Just an awesome movie And So we were watching Bridges of Madison County Which she's in And she plays this Italian woman Who moved the US Married a farmer Like in the middle of Iowa And You know Just settles into like This generic life With this guy They have two kids And she likes her life And her husband and kids go off to enter their horse in a competition and when they do this Clint Eastwood comes to town he's a photographer for like Nat Geo and he drives a pickup truck and he's photographing the bridges of Madison County and what happens is they fucking get down she like steps completely out of her life and gets down with Clint Eastwood and like He like pursues her because he's a fucking he's a maverick he's a badass he's he fucking he travels the country shooting pictures and he drinks beer and anyway he's just like this fucking slick dude and they have this affair and then you know I won't give the rest of it away but it's all told it's all told through the grandkid the kids have grown up now and the mom died. Meryl Streep's dead And they're finding her journals And they're finding these letters And finding out that like She was in love with this guy That they never knew about So Deb What I'm thinking is We should look into this 42 Lincoln Street If we go to the town of Stoneham We can find out the history Who lived there Who was Mr. Garber I'll tell you what I'm home on Friday I'm gonna go look I don't know why Will I? I don't know People See this is the thing It's like I could pursue this And people can be like I go into the town I'll go into my town hall, I will, and then I'll go over and i am like, yeah, I'm trying to find the history of this house, who a Mr. Garber was, so then I could probably find out who he is, and then I could find out who his kids are, so then I could find out the kids and I could ask them, like, hey, do you have, then I could get a little deeper on it, so, but, but what I'm saying is, if I go in there with this question, I'm like, what do you need this for? I'm like, well, I have this podcast, and someone wrote in to me, and I'm trying to see if maybe it's like Bridges of Man's County, and you know what people do? They think I'm fucking nuts. And do you know why I know that? Because I have a letter f- that this man wrote to my grandfather when he, when my grandfather was retiring. This guy wrote a letter to my grandfather, and I have it framed in my house. It's this beautiful letter. And I just think it's cool. Why would I not have that framed? And so I thought, oh, you know what would be really cool? It'd be really cool if I could find the grandkids from that man and ask them about their grandfather to find out more about my grandfather. So what did I do? I looked the guy up. I found out where he worked. I left him a voicemail at his office. I haven't heard back yet. Probably because he was like, who is this fucking crazy person? Because people are so afraid of shit like this. But Deb, I'm going to do it. (sighs) Gretchen Herman. Gretchen, how are you? Gretchen wrote in, because I said to you guys, like, hey, any new hobbies? What should I be trying? Here's something else. We're getting chickens. Getting chickens over here at the Larson household. I told my wife, I'm like, let's get chickens. And I like, said it in front of the kids, and she's like, Jay, you're not just going on getting chickens. We need to do research. I go, I go. what do you think I'm going to do? I'm just going to get 15 chickens tomorrow without having like a cage and food and knowing how to feed them. I'm like, I know. My kids are like, are we getting chickens tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, 15, and four are sleeping in your bed. And four sleep in a year That's what I told them They're like really? I'm like no not really So I had said this Like tell me some hobbies Tell me some things you're doing Gretchen wrote in She told me five years ago She got into powerlifting At 57 years old Powerlifting She said that she has no idea why And then she won a gold medal In, in Japan In powerlifting At 62 years old Gretchen Fuck yeah girl Good for you. First of all, look at the age group Listen to this podcast. Way to go. That is the dopest thing I've ever heard. And she's like, I think I might try violin next. See, I want to, like, learn guitar. That's something I've always, I'm like, I want to learn guitar. But then I'm just, like, I'm, like, afraid. I really am. Like, if there's something you're not, if there's something you think, like, oh, I think I'm afraid. Like, I look at people playing guitar. I'm like, God, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to sit around a fire and just, like, play songs. Even if they're covers. I don't even care if I ever get to the point where I can write my own. Even covers, just to be able to be like, hey, let's, everyone sing a song. You can make music. You can speak a language. Music is a language. And I love that you have this confidence, Gretchen, to just go out and try those things. And I hope, I hope that I can. That's the thing. is, like, young age, kids can do it. and like, I want to be an inspiration to my kids. To be like, look at your dad, man. He's learning, Hanu. Guitar, I definitely want to learn. Uh, way to go, Gretchen. Proud of you, girl. Um, and any of you guys, if you're doing something new, let me know. I'd like to know. So Chris Bender wrote in, this was a while ago, but he wrote in to tell me that, uh, he told me that camping's a big part of his life, because I've been talking about I want to get into camping, and he said that they started making chicken soup for Christmas Eve. He's like, I think I'm going to do Christmas Eve, and then he was going to rip my donut idea, and you're not ripping it, we're all sharing here, that's what this community's about, that's why we're going to have that get together in vermont and you know what i'm gonna start doing that every city i go to you know the vermont one's gonna be the first one and it's just gonna be us getting together for people who just start buying their tickets now and i'll start putting a list together um for that thursday night but we should like figure out something else to make it a little bigger than that um so anyway when Chris wrote it in, I forget what you said in your email, man. But you said something along the ideas of like, uh, I don't know, I've never made chicken soup, or I, I made this chicken stock, so I figured I'd make the soup. And oh, you know what it was? This is what you said. This is what Chris said. He said, "I'm trying to start family traditions as well because I didn't have a ton of family traditions when I was a kid, and that that's what it was with me. Like, I didn't have a lot of. We had some family traditions, but you don't look at them as traditions. You don't be like, all right, this is what we do. You know, we've started creating tr- traditions. And I wrote here like." The idea of what I thought parenting was going to be versus what it is. Like when I talk about how my son isn't like this like go-getter. I was. I was a fucking maniac. I would be outside from the second the sun came up. Till the streetlights came on. And I'd be pissed that I had to come in. I would play sports all day. I I could take a baseball or a tennis ball and throw it off a wall for hours. I remember one time we got home from somewhere. I don't know where. I was the youngest I was probably five And I was like Hey who wants to go out Back and play And everyone's like Nah I don't want to I don't want to And nobody wanted To come play with me And someone was like Yeah I'll come on in A little while So I went out back And I'm sitting there Doing whatever And nobody would come out And play And I got so mad I went up And I punched my hand Through the window <laughs> I fucking did I still have I have One Two Three Four scars I remember like Gushing blood These are big scars um and my mom taking me to the emergency room. There was like this place called the Health Stop, which I imagine is like like an urgent care. And I was like gushing blood. And everyone was like, "What the fuck? What are you doing?" So then my mom had to leave everyone at home. Think about that. Like we th- we think like leaving kids alone, at least I do. Like I look at my kids. They're he's almost 6. 6 and 4, right? So the time if I was 5, that means my my brother was 6. That means my sister was 7 or 8 and my other sister was like 9 or 10-ish. Maybe like 8 or 9. Could have been 9. And my mom was like, well, I got to take the youngest to the... He's fucking bleeding out of his his arm. He might need stitches. I got to go. And then it's, all right, the three of you are staying home. Nine-year-old, you're in charge. I don't even think about that falling on my sister's head. So I'm looking at like what my son is like and then... Like nine-year-olds that I know, or ten-year-olds that I know, you're gonna have to look over that. Crazy man, crazy. My mom, I, you know, it's like thinking about like my buddy's dad passing. That someday I'm, we're all gonna lose our folks, and it's like the letter that I wrote to my my buddy's dad. There's in some at some point I have to have that conversation with my mom. I mean, I'm sure I've thanked her over the years. And I know there's been a couple times over the years I've called her just to let her know I love her and thank her. But, like, I don't know. I don't even know if, like, how grand of a gesture is grand enough to appreciate all that she did. You know what I mean? I just know, like, even last night my daughter was just not, well, it was not a fun night getting her chick to bed. And, like, (laughs) she was... She was very upset it, This was, She went to bed at 8 This is like 9.15 She's coming in and out of that room Getting upset Wanting stuff Completely irrational Because she's exhausted Completely irrational And I was like I'm going to take your lovies away And she's like No And I went to her room And I was like Her light I have a little light In her bunk bed She's got a little light On a dimmer and shit And I was like You know what I'm just going to take the light bulb So I went back out there And I go Hey I didn't take your lovies. But I did take your light bulb. This girl. <laughs> oh my God. Exploded. Expl- she goes. <gasps> threw her arms down. Explo- my wife was couldn't stop laughing. Because it was so. like it, it crushed my daughter. And I'll be honest with you. I, We need to. We believe. And we try to practice. That you got to give them a warning. Like hey if you do this. This is going to happen. So they know. You know. And I didn't. I was like, I'm going to take your lovies, you know. And I didn't. And I just took this light bulb. And <laughs> this chick fucking. Woo. She. And it, uh, just put it this way. That was like 9.15. This went on. I think she finally f- went to bed at 9.50. So like this morning, I'm like driving to school. And I was like, hey, last night. I'm like, that was not fun for me. Was that fun for you? She's like, no. And I, I had apologized to her that night about the light and the just letting her know like I love her because at this point she's not thinking anything except that she, that like we're like I'm like a traitor or something and I told her, I'm like I love you more than anything I'm like I don't want to fight with you I don't want this the way to be I go I want you to I go the only reason I want you to get to bed is so that you're you have a healthy sleep so you wake up happy so you have a good day so that you have a good night that you have a good sleep that you have a good day like it should be a cycle I'm like we love you and uh anyway I got to get going. Uh, I love you guys. um, And I really appreciate you guys. And uh, again, Spotify, Pandora, throw a channel on. I don't care if you're listening to it. If you're at work, go on. Put it on. Put it on mute. Please. helps. And uh, Vermont or close by, get out there. Let's do that. Thursday night. Let's all hang out. Um, I'm going to talk to the club ahead of time and be like, hey, can you guys get me like a non-alcoholic bottle of gin? Yeah. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. By the way, a lot of cool uh, guests coming up. I know you want some. I'm bringing them. Bye.